Hello, Earthlings. My name is Andrea Afua Welcome to The Only Black Girl on Mars, a podcast where we shine a spotlight on strong Black women who are shaping the world through their diverse strengths, paired with their unique perspectives and experiences. The Only Black Girl on Mars is an independently produced podcast, so please click the dollar sign in order to support us on Patreon or head to patreon.com slash blackgirlonmars underscore. Wow, welcome back, everybody. I've missed all of you. I feel like it's been a long time since we last spoke. Um, it's been a rough couple of weeks. I know we've all been going through it. Um, but amidst all the time we've been apart, I've had a milestone birthday. And as we all know, we've once again begun fighting for racial equality. And many men and women around the world are out there putting on their activist hats. And in my own way, I'm doing the same. I am still doing a 100-day story project. And it's morphed from my personal life experiences, which are still peppered throughout, but I am giving more of a commentary on my thoughts and my opinions about what is going on. A lot of it cannot be overlooked, and it's very difficult for many men and women who have experienced some of the traumas that are being brought to the forefront of America's conversation. Um, Although that's not to say we didn't see it happen all the time. It's just that now it's a topic of discussion on a daily basis. So I did take some mental space and time. And we changed the schedule around a little bit because um, I do have a special guest that I needed to fit in in order to um, promote a special event. And I'll tell you about that in just a moment. Um, but in, really in order to explain who's coming on and kind of going back to what I was mentioning about how the whole world is sort of banding together, companies are also taking uh, a moment to sort of dip their toes in the conversation at least on the corporate level, um, some companies are spending money to donate for different Black organizations, anti-racist programs, and Black professionals and individuals in general are also using this momentum to inspire and boost one another by creating tools that will provide even more welcoming communities. They're setting ground rules, and um, and pushing for reform. One of the areas that I, in my opinion, doesn't get as much attention, especially if you are not really in the nonprofit sector, if you spent your time working in corporate the way I have for the past seven years, fundraising is sort of a word that people don't let themselves get familiar with. And um, in in the professional arena, especially in nonprofit, it's of great importance in order to increase social capital and also to promote 
civic engagement across um, across the nonprofit companies' goals and um, and their targets. So, in this special episode to come, we are going to be joined by my guest Yolanda F. Johnson. So, Yolanda and I are in the same music sorority, Sigma Alpha Yoda, and she is still in New York. And I have such a close bond to the New York alumna group that they still allow me, at least while we have um, Zoom to keep us connected, to join sort of some of the meetings that are less formal. And so I had the opportunity of meeting her and seeing a presentation of the work that she does. And I honestly was so, um, I was really excited to see everything because she has led such an outstanding career. She is still a, a professional performing artist, a composer, an educator. She's, her instrument is her voice. And she's been working in the nonprofit sector since she was in university. So she has been doing this for many, many years. And recently she was um, appointed the first black female president of Women in Development, um, which is a women's organization based in New York. And she had already founded her own consulting firm, YFJ Consulting, over two years ago. And now coming this Tuesday, she will be launching her new organization, Woke, Women of Color in Fundraising and Philanthropies. So on their website, it says that their mission is to celebrate, inspire, and champion women of color in fundraising, philanthropies, and related fields through building community and providing unparalleled personal and professional development resources. Woke endeavors to be the hub and heart for women of color in the fundraising and philanthropic communities around the world. I won't say it all for you. I'll let you hear it for yourself. So without further ado, we welcome Yolanda F. Johnson on her journey to Mars. First of all, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it honestly is a pleasure and um, and it was great sort of getting to meet you. So I, I used to be part of the New York chapter and since I moved a year ago, um, they've been doing me a kindness so that I can, because I'm having Aww. a hard time <laughs> letting the East Coast go. Um, so that was really cool because I don't see a lot of um, sisters who are also mm -hmm. like black sisters mm -hmm. in our sorority. Um, but I first wanted to just formally introduce you. Um, Yolanda, do everything. Sometimes when I look at your content, I'm like, when does this woman sleep? Um, you're the president of the, the WIC. You have your own consulting firm. And now you are, um, you founded Woke, which is an online community for um, fundraising and philanthropies um, and Woke standing for women of color. So um, honestly, when I say it out loud, I'm, it still ast astonishes me how much you're able to get done. And I know you've been, you've been in the nonprofit world for, was it, is it 12 years or is it longer than that? It's longer than that. I've mm -hmm. had 
uh, a life I say I, I've crafted a life that's mm -hmm. always been simultaneously music and this nonprofit realm okay. and it started back in undergrad when I threw the school of music's first gala mm -hmm. like while in undergrad because I was like we need to have a fundraiser right. but yeah the not so I've, I've, I've always I did degrees in both and I've always sort of loved crafting a life with both right and you've been able to balance the two on a, a regular scale like living as a professional musician and uh and a professional fundraiser yes you know there's some ebbing and flowing and give and take at different times mm -hmm. but I've, I've been pretty successful i've been really blessed and very fortunate to be, have a life where i get to still have them both in there Right. And, um, you know, a lot of the times, like if I have, I had a big client, a fun big campaign client last year. And the way that I made that happen was that I had some partners working with me on that project. And I knew I also produced and starred in um, Minati's The Console. We did it as arts for social justice. So it was, um, we, we staged it at the American consulate in Mexico and tackled oh, wow. the immigration debate. <laughs> and uh, so that like took over my life for, you know, several months. And so I was able to plan ahead. I'm pretty efficient. So I try to just plan ahead as best I can. I knew what was going to be happening then. And as soon as I had my downtime post performance, <laughs> I jumped right into the fundraising again. So yeah, I noticed that about vocalists. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a, I'm a violinist. And I'm like, these pianos <laughs> are always on point. They have their bullet notes, everything. <laughs> It's oh. funny. <laughs> but, we appreciate you guys too. So. <laughs> um, I mean, so one of the things is, is I'm curious about fundraising. Is it a male or female dominated industry? And sort of what was it that made you realize you wanted to focus on uplifting women in the community? Well, like many um, fields, they are male dominated or male dominated in the sense of uh, who's in power positions, you know, who are in those very top C-suite executive roles. Right. And so as far as women in development and philanthropy are concerned, um, that's why I champion women in whatever I do to make sure because we're out there in that workforce working so hard, whether it's fundraising or programming, just the nonprofit sector. And <laughs> we certainly need to be championed so that we can have, you know, be in those positions of authority uh, in moving the sector forward. Right. And I, cause I think that's a really good note because I know a lot of friends in nonprofit. I was talking to a friend who similar to you, she travels the world and, and she just said, I don't even know if I want to go for a managerial role. I love team building, but I was telling her it's ironic because she, she has the personality that would probably be great for leading teams because of her experience. But a lot of women feel like it's easier to sort of just like to stay there. Um, or some people don't want to, but sometimes it's just easier than having to battle that like uphill growth when you, you know, it might lead to disappointment sometimes. Yeah. I mean, and that's why organizations like WID and like WOKE are so important so that we can hold each other up whenever you are feeling down and also just, you know, those pep talks because 
you know, that's the whole thing, like imposter syndrome, the whole thing about women versus men. It's fascinating. Right. Well, a man's like, hey, I'm great. I'm good. I'm going <laughs> to go for it. And a woman's like, oh, I'm not sure. Not all the time, but that can happen. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. and we don't, we want women to be like, yeah, I'm great. I'm going to go for it. Right. Um, and if there is any type of discrimination and inequity, I'm going to try to find ways to call it out. That right. can be trickier. But when you've got a support system and a network, it makes it a lot easier. Right. So tell me more about that. So Woke is an online community um, and um, and is membership just for fundraisers and philanthropists? Is it is it meant to be open for people to learn? Um, and sort of what inspired you to to make it accessible now? Well, it all actually starts with the fact that I'm the first African-American president of Women in Development New York. And so that was, thank you. That was a big, big diversity milestone because WID is 40 years old and I'm the first black president. So it was like, oh, okay. Um, and then we started to see the room change because I started getting this outpouring of, you know, these messages from women of color saying, I finally see someone who looks like me. I'm going to come around now. A lot of people were somewhat intimidated by um, the organization in some ways. Um, and so that was really wonderful and humbling for me. Um, and so I launched uh, a diversity and inclusion task force two years ago. It just culminated. The final report was released last week and uh, with an accompanying article that I wrote for the Chronicle of Philanthropy. Right. And, um, you know, I had this epiphany where I said, I can't control the future. And with a membership organization, you plant all the seeds, I'm still going to be around with for a while. And so we'll continue to move that DEI those DEI efforts forward, but I said, I need to also create this space just for women, for the unique experience of being a woman of color in these professions. And so you plant the seeds again, and I'm floored by just, you know, we're a little over two weeks old mm -hmm. and have about 200 members across the nation. We just got our first international member from the Netherlands. That's incredible. So <laughs> it's been amazing. And our official launch is next Tuesday. And, um, I just am really thrilled to create this space to create a, an online library of publications and articles and research on women of color in the workplace in this sector. Um, and then some general fundraising and philanthropic articles. We're offering assessments for fundraisers to assess their careers for philanthropists and philanthropic advisors to assess their philanthropy and their personal mission, like how they're putting that mission behind the dollars to enact change. And we've got some great programming coming up and, and networking. And, and then organically out of that came um, with everything that's happening with race relations in America right now. Uh, I started getting all these calls from non-people of color who were okay. like, what can I do? <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, and the reaction to that runs the gamut and every single reaction is valid because some black people and people of color are like, this is not new. You knew this before. Right. So, okay, great. Um, that's valid. Uh, what I say at this moment of time in this country, and it probably wouldn't feel exactly this way if it wasn't an election year, but because of November, I am like all hands on deck. Yes. And I open it up with, it is not a black person's responsibility to teach white people about racism. However, I'm willing to have that conversation because if you're going to put your resources and your privileges behind the shared desired end result of racial equity, then I'm willing to have that conversation. So we're actually custom designing with Aspen Leadership Group anti-racism curriculum for them, a seminar, um, along with a few 
other things, it's four pillars of education, legislation, inclusion, and action for that group. See, I think that's fantastic. I'm, I'm of the same thought where, um, excuse, excuse that honking. <laughs> um, Did you hear um, the dog? Over <laughs> it's, it's always when you least need it, right? Um, but I think it, it makes absolute sense that right now we, we can't do everything alone. Um, and the reason why I think it's so important is especially when, when we express our experiences, if we're just, con we, we just continue preaching to the choir, it remains in a vacuum, right? But mm -hmm. what you're talking about is with a curriculum, you're not necessarily saying, I'm gonna sit down and teach you everything, but you're putting the impetus on them to take action, right? So I think that's extremely important. Um, and then the other thing that I think is so great about woke and what, what woke will become is a conversation I've been bringing up with a lot of people recently is the importance of, of wealth building. And some, I think it's something that is sort of the education or, or fiscal um, literacy is missing in, in a lot of communities. Like I myself, I recently told a story about how um, I, w I, ch I chose private school over a full ride because I just thought that the prestige outweighed, you know, the opportunity to go to school for free, which now as an adult, I'm saying that it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's important to, you know, I know fundraising and philanthropy is a little bit different, but even just have people become comfortable talking about money. Um, can you talk a, a little bit about that in terms of your experience, like um, working with women who are just starting in philanthropies and, and sort of that understanding of, of the importance of managing wealth? Definitely. In fact, um, you asked that as a fun cue because our first woke program is going to be a webinar uh, called Common Sense, play on the word S-E-N-S-E, on financial management and, and wealth building. It actually literally is about that because on both ends of the spectrum, fundraisers need to manage their money well because we're so underpaid so often. Mm. Um, that's another thing we've got to go to bat on. Um, depending on your level and your role, you have to go to bat for yourself. And then um, on the philanthropic end, just defining what is a philanthropist. We are all so philanthropic and don't give ourselves credit for it because we're not talking about hundreds of thousands or even thousands or millions of dollars, you know. But when you tithe 10% to church, you're philanthropic. When you get you know, an annual appeal from a charity that you really care about and you give $100 each year, that's philanthropic. And you should give yourself credit for that and you should understand uh, where your dollars are going and not be little, you know, just because it may not be that large of an amount. Um, and when it comes to your own personal finances, it's important to have those ducks in a row. You know, that's a generational thing for women of color because if you have that, then you'll be able to pass on and pass down and pay forward um, those philanthropic sentiments and right. ideas, ideals. Like the legacy of, of wealth building and sort of paying mm -hmm. it forward. Yeah, I was reading a book that was saying that, um, you know, Black women, they, they are one of the largest groups to even volunteer or, or donate money, but we don't see ourselves as, as sort of yep. um, influencing the community or leading in that way. So I think that 
really hits the <laughs> hits the nail on the head um, in That's that exactly regard. It. So, so you have um, a big launch coming up um, on Tuesday, and um, and people can sign up on your website on WOC fp.com. Um, so what can people sort of expect? Like, uh, do you have any teasers for people uh, <laughs> for joining or is everything hush hush right now? <laughs> it's, it's becoming less hush hush now. We've got a great panel um, that are, we're going to talk about. We had a prep call this morning, maybe super excited. Mm -hmm. um, got some real power players who are going to talk about the concept of workspace sisterhood and just Sisterhood among women of color and what we can do to lift each other up right now. Uh, I have Julie Pierce Williams. She's with Curtan. And she's a consultant solutions, and she was also part of the Obama administration. Wow. Um, I've got uh, Ana Oliveira, who's the CEO of New York Women's Foundation. Got Jeannie Sager, who is the director of the Indiana University Lilly School of Philanthropy, Women's Philanthropy Institute. Um, we've got Allison Reeves, who's a corporate vice president with CCS Fundraising, and um, we've got Fatima Shama, who's the executive director of the Fresh Air Fund. So, oh my gosh, if I forgot anybody, I don't think I did. There's a lot of people. A lot of uh, <laughs> And they're also just lovely and humble and just create that space for each other in the conversation. So. Um, it'll be a re really a treat. And then we're going to have some other fun aspects and, and different people join us so that some of it's still being solidified. And I just had one. I just got a text from somebody about um, one person who's going to be joining us. So I better go and talk to them first and <laughs> reconfirm it. And then I can start putting it out into the universe. But yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, no, I think that's super exciting. I mean, I've already signed up um, just so Yay. that I can come <laughs> celebrate with you guys and and hear Thank more you. about what to expect. Um, I think we have one, 500 people, I think, right now. Oh my so. gosh, you're, <laughs> you're really not wanting for success in two weeks. That's great. <laughs> Thank I'm, God. I, I'm hoping for triple that amount for you and more. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask, um, so you have, you have Woke. You started out with your own consulting firm uh, a little over two years ago. What what kind of gives you that energy, that that North Star, that um, that courage to sort of build something new? I think just hearing from someone who is doing so many great things would be really inspirational to, you know, young Black women who are trying to figure out, can I take that leap? Do I have enough experience? Do I have enough collateral to start? Well, I think, you know, I've seen lots of different models. For me, um, I am the most surprised person of all that I ended up <laughs> taking this route. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. I am a, a pragmatic optimist. Um, I like stability and being an entrepreneur can be, you know, the antithesis of that sometimes. So right. um, I have embraced it fully. I don't see myself being able to go back unless, right. you know, the Lord wants me to switch. But I <laughs> right now, um, I say go for it and go for it in a way that works for you. We're in the middle of a pandemic, which is a beautiful time actually for self-assessment. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to see a lot of changes happen. We're going to see people, I've already heard from people. We're going to see people from fundraising who want to go to philanthropy, philanthropy to fundraising, nonprofit to for-profit because they just think it's more stable and there's some transferable skills 
um, to some of those positions, corporate right. social responsibility and different things like that. Be careful with there because, you know, sometimes with priorities, when things shift, certain areas may be the first to go. But yeah. um, I think that, you know, I've seen people do it as the side hustle and just start doing it, get a couple of clients, start building it and keep it going from there um, without the amazing network I have from WID, it would, you know, it's just been integral to me starting it. So get yourself involved right. in a professional organization, get yourself some sisterhood going on with other women who can be mentors and supporters because life is about relationships. And that's where, you know, most of this comes from. Right. So, um, and, and that's, yeah, you know, my advisory committee is amazing. And I just, I'm thrilled to have them on board, but these are like the people, most of them, that I really would just call and say, what do you think about this? So they're right. literally like already in that role in my life mm -hmm. and, um, and they're all doing amazing things, each of them. So right. uh, relationships, professional development, network, um, and making the decision financially that's best for you. So um, I, I would be prudent and, and uh, somewhat conservative, but still financially. So like I'm saying, depending on what you have going on right now, you might want to take baby steps and just make sure you have all of these ducks in a row and start getting some clients on board, start right. broadening your network and then, and then take the plunge. And some people might just be ready to do it because they're already there. And you know what? More power to you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. I feel that personally, uh, corporate and I, we, we just had a mutual split, but <laughs> that's how, that's how I see up. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no bad feelings, but, <laughs> but I think, no, I think that's fantastic. You know, I, um, and I'll be transparent. It was kind of like when, when we first met for, for the listeners, for the Martians listening, um, you know, we met, uh, at our SAI sisterhood meeting and we were both presenting our work. And honestly, I don't know if you noticed, but I was babbling after you spoke. Cause I was thinking, I was like, wow, she's, but it was also really like um inspiring to me because I was like oh now I can now I have sort of a vision of where I could go like where I could take things if I if I do things um in a way that that like you said works for me or or mm -hmm. just in in the patience because you know you didn't um build build your empire in a, in a day so to speak you know like you you worked on it so and it's always a work in progress. And yeah. I love what, what you're doing and you got to get out there and do it. I love that you're doing this. Right. And um, I do because, you know, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that life is short and precious mm -hmm. and that, you know, so go for it. Thank you. I guess the question that I want to end on is you're starting a fresh next week and what is your your biggest hope what is your greatest vision for woke in the future maybe it's lofty but but where do you see you guys in the next few years we've got a global vision of doing mm. this work you know around the world and that first international member you know showed me that it's possible that the right. interest is there as well but um, I really just want to see us continue to grow um, into this massive network of women who come together and champion each other and support each other and can just provide that space for the young women who want to try to get out there and do their own thing, whatever you want to do in your profession, in your life, what, however you're doing the good work, we want to help you 
further that if it's on the fundraising side, if it's on the philanthropic side, just learning how to be a better philanthropist, getting into that, learning how to advise. Um, I, I'm excited for this work because we're really just trying to get the good work done. Awesome. That sounds so amazing. I'm so excited for you and for your team. Um, thank you again for joining us and sparing the the time that I know is, is really tight as you guys prepare for something coming up so soon. But if you're listening, go to wc-fp.com and just sign up to learn more. And if you're in that sphere, if you're in that workspace, I would recommend joining this community personally. It makes me kind of want to be a philanthropist so that I... <laughs> but... Yeah, <come> on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but thank you again. This has been so incredible and I hope this is just the first of many conversations to come for us oh likewise thank you for having me on board it's good to be here Call, consider me a Martian right yes <laughs> my new stand <laughs> thank you Yolanda thank you thank you so much for tuning in that was such a fun conversation. I feel like it went by so quickly, though. We were just in such a flow. So honored to hear from Yolanda during what is an extremely busy time for her and her teams as they're finalizing the last few details of their kickoff event that's coming up this Tuesday. Um, once again, you can RSVP at woc-fp.com, so woke-fp.com for their woke virtual launch celebration on June 30th. So that's Tuesday and the time is 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And in that, you'll be able to listen to a great panel of female professionals that will be moderated by Yolanda herself. And I'll place all of the social media links on our show notes that can be found on our website, theonlyblackgirlatmars.com backslash podcast. The Only Black Girl on Mars is an independently produced podcast, so please click the dollar sign in order to support us on Patreon or head to patreon.com slash blackgirlonmars underscore. Once again, all of this can be found in our show notes, so no worries if you are not in a place to type that in, but we really do appreciate your support. So if you're able... Please subscribe or donate and let me know if there's a particular topic that you'd like me to discuss. I'd always be glad to take a recommendation from a fan, subscriber, and supporter.